Some say 2020 has brought us a new World War III, so to speak, in our society. But here, kicking at it too, we're bringing you WCW's World War III 1995 Battle Royal this week here on Kicking Out It 2. I'm your host, Dave Rosenbluth. Thank you all so very much for uh, pressing play, hitting the download button, doing what you do, however you do it, with whatever podcast platform you use, which I'll plug shortly. Um, this, is a, this is an interesting show this week. It's going to be a little bit shorter, but I'm um, looking forward to it. Joining me, as always... Um, my my number one co-host here on Kicking Out of Two, my good buddy Dennis J. Levy. What's up, man? Dave, oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for <clears> inviting <throat> me. I'm really excited about this show. That that uh, I guess I had amnesia or whatever. That uh, I don't remember watching any of these matches, so I'm like really excited. So a while back, um, when I had was just kind of toying around with concepts and different ideas, um, I. I had developed the Dave Five Fanny Pack, which I've kind of put on the shelf a little bit, um, just because I, you know, I don't know. I just I, I wanted to try it out. It's just not really jiving with me. So it seems like a lot of the concepts I have for this podcast always has to have a theme and a name and you know things like that. So like I, I felt like in a way like over time like I kind of forced it a little bit. Um, I just wanted to do like five random topics kind of thrown together into one show in a fanny pack if you will and uh, you know it's there's like I said, I don't know, just for whatever reason, it's just not sticking with me. So I remember we were going to do a recording, and I forget exactly what it was. Um, so uh, I asked you what your memories were of World War III, the, 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 the three-ring 60-man battle royal. And you were like, I have no fucking clue what that is. And, uh, you know, over time... In the last several, you know, months or whatever, when I've been planning um, different ideas for shows, I have um, tried to come up with, um, you know, things that stay, you know, um, with the with the timeline of the months or the dates or things like that. And I've had different ideas thrown out there. I've changed my format a few times, and so this instance, I was thinking as we were on the way in the car, I was like. I remember having this conversation with him, and he did not remember it. So why don't we watch a World War III pay-per-view, or the Battle Royal itself? We're not going to watch the whole pay-per-view. We're just going to watch the Battle Royal. And before we hit record, um, as we were talking about this, you decided that we were going to watch the 1995 version of the World War III Battle Royal, uh, which took place... Um, November that year, and it was for the vacant WCW World Heavyweight title. Now, you said you had a little bit of amnesia. You don't remember this. Um, so let me refresh your memory here. This this match took place because, if you remember, and I'm sure you remember this, the month before Halloween Havoc, Hulk Hogan wrestled the Giant, and that was the oh, paper when the Giant it fell off the, the building. Roof yeah, of Kobo Hall. And he didn't sell it. <laughs> and he didn't sell it. And he came back and he won the match with a little bit of help from the Yeti, uh, that that mummy that came out wrapped up in toilet paper. And, you know, Giant was considered the winner of the match. And he took the belt. But then the WCW executive committee said, no, you're not the champ. And apparently they stripped Hogan of the belt, too. Um, and then they decided they were going to do a 60-man three-ring battle royal. So this is the first World War III match to take place from 1995. So if you guys want to join us uh, with this little watch-along here, it's going to be... Um, you're going to search. You're going to have your WWE Network logged in, hopefully, ready to go. And you're going to 
go to the space bar on the side you're going to click in ring once you click in ring you scroll down you click to wcw once you click to wcw you go to wcw pay-per-views <clears throat> excuse me and then after you click that uh, <clears throat> excuse me again jesus christ sorry about that um click on WCW pay-per-views and you search you can either search the year 1995 and you'll find it or you can search um, uh, the WCW World War 3 and there's four of those pay-per-views up and the first one is from November the 26th 1995 and we go right to the main event uh, I'll give you guys a countdown shortly um, of that uh, I'll give you a timestamp too on when to click um, but uh, while you guys are sorting through all that stuff, hit us up on social media, both Facebook and Twitter, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two, as well as our Twitter handle at kicking out two K I C K N O U T and the number two links to archive shows, debates and discussions, videos and GIFs, pictures, all kinds of fun craziness that I like to have over on both our social media pages. You can hit us, uh, give us a like on Facebook, give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, got some great shows, part of the retro mania pro wrestling podcast network. Hulkamania is dead. Gaijin wrestling radio. Radio, Origins of Attitude, Cool Truth with AC. They cover a lot of AEW stuff, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, some WWE stuff. Uh, that's been a pretty fun listen lately, as well as um, Marking Out the Day's Weekend Warriors, and of course, this show, Kicking Out at Two. Um, you can hit, search Retro Mania with a W, and you can find us on Podbean, Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms available. Okay, here we go. So, so before we hit play, yeah, yeah, let's uh, that that that. Uh, so if you hit the main event and pause it like we did, you see Larry Larry Zabisco. Yep, and some Chris Cruz. Who the heck is Chris Cruz? So Chris Cruz, and we've had this discussion. Um, we talked about Chris Cruz before. We did. Uh, okay, it, I, I apologize. I'll, I'll, no, 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 it's okay. I'll, I'll remind you. Um, <clears throat> because I don't remember what what I talked about yesterday, so <laughs> I can't expect people to remember what we talked about, you know, in, in recent memory. But anyhow, um, Chris Cruz used to be like their C Squad announcer. Used to do a lot of the WCW syndicated programming uh, worldwide. Pro. Um, he even worked like in the um, the 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 Crockett days or the, the, the I'm sorry the yeah I think he worked for Jim Crockett a little bit as a like a C squad announcer or maybe he was part of Turner I forget but I know I remember him from like 1989 1990 he used to do like NWA Power Hour with like Gordon Soley or or Michael Hayes um, guys like that Chris Cruz for had been with WCW for a while I don't remember exactly when he left but in more recent memory within the last year as a matter of fact it will be a year coming up um, Chris Cruz stooged out AEW and ratted them out to the Maryland State Athletic Commission for the use of barbed wire and blood in the John Moxley Kenny Omega match from that pay-per-view last I, year. I regularly remember you telling me. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. It was wild. He like he, he stooged them out and AEW was fined $10,000. Um, he's been very critical of today's wrestling on social media. He, he pops up here and there. I don't follow him, but I've seen some tweets from him here and there on Twitter. Um, very critical of today's wrestling, you know, like most guys from the older guard, um, so to speak. So yeah, that's uh, the, 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 did he ever? Um, 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 I'm trying to say, uh, did he ever explain himself why he stooged out AEW? No, was... no, uh, that's uh, the best of my recollection. He just 
He, he all right, all right, so <clears throat> here's here's where you can kind of like see it coming. So the match took place. From what I, my best recollection was, the match took place, and it got you know mixed reviews online. People thought it was the greatest thing ever, and some people thought it was the worst shit ever. I'm a Kenny Omega Mark. Yeah, I thought I that, that match sucked. I was. I just thought it was too much. I thought it was way too much. It was their first encounter, I believe. They didn't wrestle on pay per view, um, and. They set them up in a in like a, a lights out, no holds barred, unsanctioned match. It was like they rushed it. Like I felt like that should have been something that you you give them in like a blow off of a of a storyline. But they put it out there as like their first match with all these you know the the, the gimmicks and they just it was just too much. It was way too much. The, the, at one point they did like a suplex off the ramp into the fucking barbed wire bed that was like and they had like all the guys like moving the barbed wire bed setting it up. You could see it on camera. It was like so overproduced. You know I, I like Omega. I like Moxley. I just thought it was just way overdone. And so he, so people were very critical of it. And then he comes on Twitter, and he was very critical of it. And I think in one of his tweets, he kind of hinted that, that that the Maryland State Athletic Commission was going to find out about this in some some way. And, and then it turned out he was the one that did it. It was I, I think he even like boasted about it on Twitter. So, um, but go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut you. Oh, no, I'm just saying that the, what what I hate about that match so much that uh, it's kind of like you had like you you know Axel like or like Slash. Excuse me. Like, you know, instead of playing guitar, he was playing the violin, you know. I mean, Kenny Omega, that, that, uh, uh, when you get him, like, like a 20-minute, like, you know, wrestling match, you can yeah. be like, wow, this is the best in the world of what you see. Yeah. But put him in a hardcore match. Yeah, you know? he was out of his wheelhouse Absolutely. there. Absolutely. That was, that was totally catered to, uh, to, to Moxley. So, um... Yeah, I just wasn't a fan of it. I really wasn't. I thought there were parts of that match where the like this shit should have ended. Like, how is he kicking out of this? You know what I mean? Like, he just got suplexed into like a barbed wire like mattress, like a like a bed. It looked like a bed just yeah. filled with barbed. Like, how is he kicking out? Of it? Like, you know, they pulled the mat up and then they pulled the you know you can see the wood planks that are underneath the canvas. I was like, that's fucking ridiculous. But anyhow, uh, so um, something that's something that's not as overproduced is this match here. Um, so hopefully by now, through all of our banter, we have um, we, we we've gotten you to the point where you uh, you go to World War Three and you're gonna scroll all the way to the last box on the bottom that's gonna say the WCW World War Three match, and it's time stamped at one hour fifty nine minutes even. Okay. Oh yeah, it is even. <laughs> so it's one hour fifty nine minutes even. If you pause it, you'll see Larry Zabisco and Chris Cruz. And when I say three, two, one, hit play, you will hit play. And from time to time, Dennis and I will probably track the audio, um, just to kind of get a feel as to what's going on. Um, and yeah, we're gonna watch um, one of the worst battle royals in the history of wrestling for the WCW World Heavyweight title this week here on Kicking Out at 2. So without further ado, in 3, 2, 1, hit play. 159.04, 06 is we're going to see the talents making their way out so, to, to the ring. And I'll, I'll list all these names off here as they're coming out for you as you're watching. So uh, I'm curious, is it like... Arn Anderson. 
All 60 men started in the ring together? Yes, they do. Wow. Das Wunderkind, Alex Wright. Always been a fan of him. Brian Nobbs. Not, never They're going been. alphabetically here, it looks oh, like. Oh, wow, that just cut the air, right? Ricky Santana. Dave, uh, Squire Dave Taylor. Scott Armstrong from the famous Armstrong family. <laughs> Sting. Um, Jumpin' Joey Mags. I think this is Pistol Pez Watley. The Disco Inferno. Look at that. Haku Ming. Stevie Ray. Um, I believe that's Mark Starr, another jobber. And then we have the the State Troopers. I forget the one of them is Dwayne Bruce, the Sarge. Then we have Lex Luger here. The late, great Eddie Guerrero. That's Cobra. He would end up portraying the fake Sting in the NWO. The Giant... Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Ooh, look at that. A young Chris Canyon. Yeah. Hard work Bobby Harrison, Bobby Walker. I don't know. And then we got Did Bobby get... Eaton, Chris Benoit, the Macho Man. Uh-huh. Buff. Marcus Alexander Bagwell before he was buff. This is the Yete. They changed him from a mummy to a ninja. <laughs> Kurosawa. Hugh Morris. The Zodiac. This is Dungeon of Doom right here. This is yeah. like full-on gimmick right here. So you actually kind of might like this match. Michael Wall Street, Diamond Dallas Page, Scott Flash Norton, the late, great Brian Pillman. Who's behind him? Um, Sergeant Craig the Pitbull Pitman, One Man Gang. Uh, um, looks like shit. I don't know who the fuck that is. That's JL. And then there's Bunkhouse Buck, Kensuke Sasaki. I don't know who the fuck that guy is. The Shark, <laughs> Steve Armstrong, Road Warrior Hawk, Dave Sullivan, Scotty Riggs, Johnny B. Bad. Is that Black Bart? I don't know. William Regal, Stephen Regal, Dick Slater. Uh, don't know who he is. Another one of those masked guys, so they're a team. Don't know who. Cuban Assassin, yeah, Kevin Cuban, Sullivan, yeah. Jerry Sags, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Booker T, Big Bubba Rogers, Nature Boy Ric Flair, and last but certainly not least, because he's got to come out last, the Hulkster. That was 60 guys? Yeah, that oh, was wow. 60 men. Good job, Dave. I maybe missed about like seven or eight of them. I would gone. I would have gone maybe fifteen. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of guys there. I was very impressed with Dave. Yeah, that's how big of a wrestling nerd I I am. I, I managed to remember, and that's there was no notes here, as you can see, Dennis. There was no no. You know, and right here the guy he did that all uh, on the fly. Yeah, that's all right. So they got so, like twenty guys. Yeah, about twenty guys in each ring, and I think the set and they'll have different announcers too. So they'll they've been they'll shift back and forth to different announcers. Um, I think, like you said, there's Chris Cruz and Larry Zabisco. I think Bobby Heenan and Tony Schiavone are one crew, and then I believe um, um, Eric Bischoff. Oh, let's listen to Michael Buffer. In the world, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to World. War three. Are you ready? Norfolk, Virginia. Are you ready? For the sellout crowd here at the scope, and for the hundreds of millions watching around the world, there's only one thing left to say. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> 
Buffer. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, Michael Buffer was uh, he. I, I always liked his his introductions in WCW, but he was he he cost them a pretty penny to 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 appear every time. Well, he had to figure. He was like a five thousand dollar kind of figure to work Nitro and pay per views. Think about that. He'd work these weekly. He would make five grand, and then if it was fucking uh, a pay per view, he'd sometimes work ten grand. He'd make ten grand. Just for yeah, yeah just to do the ring announcing. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean he he. He, he was smart in branding himself and knowing what he was worth. Um, so I believe in this case here, there's a lot going on. So, I mean, we're going to we're gonna try and decipher as much as we can. That's This is probably a reason why the World War III concept didn't last as long as it did. Um, because uh, there was just too much going on. There's three screens here as, you, yeah. as you're watching. Um, so we'll just kind of, you know, talk about whatever comes to mind and here. And the same as the, the rules of just a world run right over the top? I believe so, yeah. I, I want to say you could, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's a chance you could get thrown from underneath or through the ropes. I'm, I, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. I'm pretty sure it's over the top, but part of me wants to say... Um, uh, you know that the, they'll they'll count eliminations like guys going through the ropes. Okay. But uh, I I could be mistaken. As we see uh, earlier, we saw in the the bottom corner the, the 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 third one we saw Road Warrior Hawk and Hulk Hogan going at it, which was an interesting uh, interesting uh, situation there. Yeah, that would be kind of cool, like the. Uh, Mega Powers versus Legion of Doom. That would have been a cool. Team that would have been a cool tag team dream match. Yeah. So yeah, this was for the vacant title. Oh, so get eliminated. Hacksaw. Or who's that? Uh, it's like one of the Armstrong brothers. I see now, like guys are fighting out on the floor. So yeah, the Horsemen are working on Sting, but they've not been eliminated. But one of the Armstrong boys got tossed out. Um. For those of you keeping track here, following along, we're at two hours, five minutes, thirty-three seconds of uh, of this match here, and then it looks like on the top right screen we have the Yeti. He got eliminated already. The Yeti. I don't know if he got eliminated. He, he didn't even go in the match yet, but he took someone out. <laughs> it definitely looked like he was walking back. Yeah. Yep. That uh. So in one month, if he became the mummy to a ninja. Yeah. It was, but the same name, like the Yeti. That was the, the that was the, uh, the 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 name he went by. See, Hogan's out on the floor now, but he didn't get eliminated. I am so confused right now. But this match has been what two, three minutes. I'm, yeah, and I'm already. Yeah. Are you regretting this? I kind of am, yeah. <laughs> but but you know me, I like a shit show. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love stuff where it's so shitty that it's good. Yeah, this is definitely a 60-man shit show right here in three rings. You know, visually, when you look at it, you think, World War Three, three rings, holy cow. Like, yeah. That's, that's cool. Like, as a kid, I was like, oh, wow, like, this is cool. But, you know, as my wrestling brain gets older, as I get older, you know, you realize that this was probably a fucking ginormous shit show to put together between all these guys. Like... There, there's always stories out there of like guys that put the Royal Rumble match together yeah. for WWE, and that's only 30 guys with one ring. Imagine 60 guys with three rings, and you're basically trying to orchestrate who gets eliminated and and how and by who and shit like that. That's a lot to deal with, you know. Is what was confusing is 
the or the the fake eliminations when they go on the outside and start fighting or whatever like are they eliminated it's like and then you get the regular eliminations it's so confusing yeah so it sounds like it is over the top but uh guys are getting uh guys are getting cute and sliding under the ropes and you know taking a break outside and fighting and see top right corner we got zodiac working on macho man now it's moved over to bagwell and pillman and how about the referees? So they got like yeah. And there's referees in the ring too. Like I don't get that. Like stay oh, outside. Oh, you're right. You're right. You see, you see yeah. the referees in the ring. Stay outside. Record the eliminations that are out on the floor. That's what you're needed for, right? Yeah. Why do you need to be in the ring? What do you to fucking uh, uh, do a rope break in a battle royal? <laughs> like that's that's, that's fucking pointless. To oh, me. the guy's leaving on a stretcher. Saw that? I did not see that. I must have missed that. Yeah, it was on the. Uh... The top right. Top some right. Guy, some guy left on a stretcher. Interesting. Okay. Must have been a, a, a serious injury. I don't know. Let's let the, you know what? As we're watching this shit show, let's play the audio and see what that's all about, too. Let's see how that gets. When they are down to 10 men, when their numbers are cut in half, the remaining 10 men must come into ring number one, and that's where the final battleground will be. Tony, Kevin Sullivan right above us here. The, the test match there is right above us. It sounds like they don't even know on commentary what's going on. They don't know half the guys. Yeah. He said a bunch of virtual unknowns were thrown <laughs> out of the ring. That uh, Do you not take notes, Chris Cruz? That, so it sounds like, um, from, from what I got, right, that, that uh, 
That's it. So they're going to eliminate each other until there's 10 guys. Then yep. there are 10 guys, then they're going to congest them all in one ring, right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So the last 10 guys remaining will then all go into the, the first ring with whoever's left, I think, in the first ring, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But yeah. Um, yeah, this, uh, this is... This is Shit show. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. This is a shit show. I apologize, Dennis. If <laughs> I just thought this would be a fun idea. It is kind uh, of fun. It's just... Uh, I don't know. Let's it's give it a chance. It's, it's, yeah, no, you're right. Let's give it a chance. Um, I mean, WCW did give it a chance for yeah. four years in a row, and then they realized it was not a good idea, um, finally. But um, what was I going to say? I'm losing my train of thought here as I'm watching this this debauchery um no this was their version of trying to like differentiate from wwe with the royal rumble yeah. you know having the three rings oh they have 30 guys oh well, we'll have 60 guys and we'll have three rings and it will be chaotic and there'll be action all the time and you know on paper is it a good idea i think so on paper but when you break it down and you really think about it, it's not that great of an idea. No. You know, like I said, trying to put it together and and just, you know. Well, what ruined it for me so far, it's like, like we already mentioned it, but the guy's sliding out of the ring and stuff like that. And, and you're trying, you're paying attention to one thing, and then you see, like, in the ring, oh, a guy, a guy's out of the ring, so he must have been eliminated. It's like, no, now they're fighting and... I just can't keep up. Yeah, it's a lot. You know, you know what would be would help this concept is technology of today, with like the drone cameras. Yeah, good you know? point. Like you could, you could essentially, you know, you could do these split. You could still do these split screens from time to time, but if you had like a drone camera surrounding, you know, the three rings and periodically popping in. You know, I, I think that would be, uh, I, I think that would help add to the presentation. You see Luger and Arn Anderson on the outside in the top left corner going at it. And like, right. Why is Arn Anderson and Lex Luger outside the ring? You know what I mean? Boggles my mind. Yeah, I don't know. To be honest, with you, I don't know if it's something where they like they, you know, the the agents in charge of the match or people that were structuring the match are like, all right, guys, you can you know step outside from time to time. Um, you know, if you're not getting a little, I'm sure it's like certain people they're allowing to do that, you know, because I would imagine someone like Anderson and Luger, like they'll probably be in like the, the final 10 or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the big names that they are. There goes uh Cuban assassin. He's been eliminated. I used to like that tag team though, the Cuban assassins. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the... a, an Armstrong living up to the Armstrong curse, as yeah. they like to say. Yeah. Jamming out. <laughs> They were good wrestlers, though. They're they were great wrestlers. Uh, yeah, they're, they're like I said, low key. Like you ever want to watch really good wrestling? You watch Brad Armstrong, you know Brian Pillman. Like yeah. those are some great matches. Or even him versus Flair were great. Yeah, too. Brad Armstrong, low key, could have probably been, in my opinion, he could have been like he. If there was someone to, we've talked about it before, Dennis. If there was someone to replace Paul Roma in the Four Horsemen. I think Brad Armstrong would have been a good choice. And he would have been like a good, like, like Arne Anderson and Brad Armstrong as a tag team would have been like a good combination. Yeah. And Anderson, like, as a mentor to Brad Armstrong. I think, it would, it would, I, think I definitely think that would have worked for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Armstrong was so smooth in the ring, like he was he was good. Like I understand why they did that. Uh, you know, Paul Ro- Roman, the new guy, and like try something new. Yeah, but I just think it was just it was just the wrong guy. Oh yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I'm totally with you there. Look, we got Alex Wright and uh, Pez hey. Watley. There, that looks like they've been eliminated. Was that Hacksaw in there? I think Hacksaw's still in there. Yeah. Let me see uh, Big Bubba hiding behind uh, Road Warrior Hawk in the corner on the bottom screen. And then the top left, it looks like Sting is... Everyone's everyone's trying to gang up to work on the Giant, it looks like. That's Benoit, right? And then Benoit in the right corner. And now we got DDP and the Zodiac. You see in the uh, the Thunderdome, they had the... Uh... Some jerk had uh, Benoit. It's one of the yeah, I, yeah saw I saw that. The Thunderdome. I love it. I just, I just hope they people stop being jerks about it. So, so, so yeah, you got too many. Uh, yeah, 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 you got a KKK guy drinking beer. Yeah, yeah, you had um, look like a movie scene. Someone, but, someone put up a fire velveteen dream sign. Yeah, I and mean, that uh, the worst one in my <clears> opinion, actually, KKK puts well, it can't get worse than that. But yeah, there was actually. A, uh, a video, a guy a guy posted a video on one of his screens of an assassination. Got some guy got shot in the head. Jesus they can't, they can't confirm it. And people think it's a it's a movie, but they can't confirm it. Wow. And yeah, that that uh, that um. Yeah, but I'm know. assuming like, how does it work? You know, the Thunderdome. It's like, uh, did you have to like sign up? You got to sign up yeah. and log in. Like Justin kind of you know had had some trouble with it, but you sign up and log in. But like it's it's pretty much a race to be able to get in, and then once you're in, you're in. But there's moderators that they like give you cues on like when to boo and when to cheer, and you know if you're in any you know foul language or any you know unwanted hand gestures, they'll throw you out. Um, but can you actually hear them? I believe so. That's cool. I, I believe you can mm-hmm. hear. I, I believe you can hear it. Yeah. Um, actually, now, you know, we're, we're talking Thunderdome, you know, with this World War Three Battle Royal here. Yeah. Um, you know, if this whole COVID thing goes on any longer than it does, you know, if we go well into 2021, you know, we could see a Royal Rumble match without fans, but inside like a Thunderdome, you know? Yeah. And so that, that would be... That would be interesting. But so, you know, at the time of this recording, you know, we're just fresh off this Thunderdome. Um, this is going to drop in early November. So, uh, yeah, more fighting on the floor uh, between it's Sting and Flair. There, there are more guys. On the floor uh, than uh, in the yeah. ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong, yeah. I am so confused. Anyway. Yeah, the, no, the, no, no. I, get I love the Thunderdome so far. So far, I love it. Another well, stretcher. Another, another stretcher, job. Who's going out in the stretcher? Who are they putting on the stretcher? Imagine being these EMTs having to go all the way around these rings to you know <laughs> try and find who they got to put on the stretcher for, for you know Flair's not eliminated yet again. And Pillman was out on the floor. Savage and DDP in the right hand corner. One of my favorite rivalries of all yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, I love that rivalry. The match we watched that Spring Stampede match yeah. together. Yeah. Nice. You see Benoit? Is he throwing him out? Is he through the rope? Or is he saying over the top? So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's over that's the good top. For, yeah, after that. Everyone's getting thrown through the ropes. This yeah. is this is fucking... It's madness. <laughs> In a bad way. In a bad way, yeah. This is... Wow. 
I didn't realize how bad this was. And, and it looks like the middle ring too got more people jumped. I think that every. I think they've. I think this is the point where like, yeah, now we're gonna go to one ring. Yep, we are finally. You can't even breathe in there. Yeah, single screen. It was ten guys from the two rings go into the middle ring with whoever's left in the middle. Oh, ring. is that what they meant by the ten guys? Yeah. So, so when like, there's ten guys per ring, they condense them. Yeah, so, so they basically, now there's thirty. So them. basically, they said split it. So because it was twenty starting out in each ring, so yeah. they split it, and uh, you know, said so once your ring reaches half, you go to the middle ring, depending on how many people are in the middle ring. Which I'm sure they had to shrink that down so they can fit all these guys in there. But I would say roughly, there's probably about like fifteen, twenty guys in this match left. And whatever one man gang was doing the whole, it looks like shit. Yeah, one man gang. Uh, I love Roman Gang, but that spot there, that looks like shit. Yeah. And there's Big Bubba hanging, Regal hanging. Oh, is he out? Regal out? Finally. Hugh Morris, Bill DeMott, and Kurosawa. Yeah, Regal, and there's Gang on the floor ganging up on him. Yeah. Roman Gang eliminated? Uh, who knows, right? Did I just see... Is Joey Mags still in this match? He is. He's getting the armbar from Craig Pittman. Jumping Joey Mags from fucking Jobberville is still in this match. Oh, good for him. Wow. He was really milking this payday. Yeah, I guess so. Jesus Christ. How would you think a Jobber like, um, oh, you Kurt jinxed him. I think that was him. Yeah, that's, well, it was, it was his time. His time <laughs> was coming anyways. He had the... He had the how would you think a jobber makes it a match like this? Uh, I don't know. A few hundred bucks. Okay. Five, six hundred bucks. Like, you break it down, like, you know, we want to talk paydays for matches. You know, when it comes to WrestleMania and stuff, I remember uh, uh, Arn Anderson once on his podcast said that, uh, you know, the guys that worked the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. They make roughly like 15, 20 grand for that match. No way. A piece. Yeah. Just for the Battle Royal. Yeah, good for that. I mean, granted, like, you know, I'm sure they want to be in a better spot in the card because then they'll make more money, but yeah. like, I, I'd i take fucking 20 grand to, to work in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal Absolutely. WrestleMania. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't know what the pay scale was like for these guys. Most of these guys were had guaranteed contracts, so there wasn't a lot of incentive um, it put into their deals. Um so I don't know if there was like an extra payday for these guys to work this particular match. You know what I mean? I honestly don't know. What the fuck is Macho Man doing? I have no idea. That's Lex Luger, and now finally, oh, big bad Bubba. Bubba's gone. Oh, who's that on the stretcher? <clears throat> yeah, who is that on the stretcher? Who who did they cart off? Let's check it out. Let's see. Oh, it's one of the Armstrong boys. Oh, is that Scott? Brad? I think it's Scott. Okay. Yeah, I don't think Brad was in this match. I know. It's Scott and Steve. Brad was Brad was always my favorite. Yeah, I liked Brad. And then when they tried to turn Brad into the Road Dog towards the end of WCW, oh, I don't they called him Buzzkill, and he came out and he did like the "Oh, you didn't know," like Road Dog does. Yeah. He, he literally said, oh, you didn't know. Something to that effect. Okay. He didn't say those exact words, but he it was pretty much like hey. a, a New Age Outlaws. I would say off. 2000 WCW wouldn't shock me. Oh, yeah. It was it was brutal. Goodbye, uh, Disco, Disco Inferno. Yeah. Oh, Lex Luger got all excited. <laughs> yeah, Luger was excited that Disco, <laughs> <laughs> that, that Disco got eliminated. 
Let's see. Let's, let's look at the crop of talent here we got in this match. You know, Luger and Savage, DDP, Ric Flair, Kevin Sullivan, Roadwire Hawk, Hulk Hogan, The Giant, One of the Nasty Boys, Brian Pillman, Chris Benoit, Johnny B. Bad, Meng, Haku, whatever you want to call him. I would have loved to see Ming as a world champion. When, really? Yeah. I mean, it would have been transitional, of course, but I would have, liked, I would have really loved to see Ming as a champion. Then we turn him into those, like, like this monster, this unstoppable monster, but I'm like... I know, liked I hate, him when he was... when I didn't like him in the Dungeon of Doom. I hated it. And everyone hates Dungeon of Doom. But I liked... I liked when he was um, the bodyguard to uh, Colonel Robert Parker. You remember that when he wore like the suit? Yeah, I and, do. And yeah, he had, like the black suit with the white tie. <clears throat> I liked that presentation of him. I thought it, I thought that was cool. And I don't know if you remember, but it was like a clash of champions or something. He was he got involved in Dustin Rhodes's match, and um, Dusty. Was in was in Dustin's corner and Dusty got in the ring and he took a chair like a, like one of those yeah, old chair. wooden chairs. He fucking yeah. waffled him with it. Um, and yeah. Kevin Sullivan, see you later. Finally eliminated. Yeah, that was a cool imagery. Yeah. And his head sticking out of the chair. Yeah, and he just stood there. He didn't sell it. And Dusty yeah. was just like, "Whoa, baby, no, no, <laughs> no, baby." And it looks like Savage and Luger have taken their rivalry and into the other ring. So if they went over the other ring, let's say let's say. If they, would, if they would, would, would that account as elimination? I wonder. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is Regal finally gone? Regal's finally. I thought he got eliminated a half hour. Yeah, same here. Yeah, so much going on in this. You can't keep track of eliminations. Who's still in the match? Johnny B. Bad still in the match? Yeah. Here comes Johnny B. Bad. <laughs> I kind of like this gimmick. Johnny B. Bad. People bust on his gimmick, but Johnny B. Bad was over. And Johnny B. Bad could wrestle. I'm sorry, DDP's gone, and now Johnny B. Bad is gone. Yeah. But Johnny B. Bad could wrestle. He was good. Just, uh, for whatever reason, people just, you know, they shit on it, but you could always rely on him to be, like, in the open. Like, he was always in, like, an opening match of, like, yeah. a pay-per-view, working with guys like Steve Austin or, or uh, you know, uh, Regal, um, DDP, you know. Like, he had some good matches, and he got the crowd fired up. Like, it, he did his job. He uh, Low-key, I, I like Johnny B. Bad. And when he came to WWF and he was the wild man, oh, yeah. I had high hopes for him. And that's just kind of, like... That just kind of fizzled out. But you know when he his career was done. Maybe not career, but his WWE. When Sable power bombed yep, him. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, Sable. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, Sable he, pinned him too. He uh, outkicked uh, his cover. Uh, SummerSlam Edge, Edge and uh, Edge and Edge Sable, Sable against him and Jacqueline. Yeah, yeah in a mixed Slam, tag. Right? Yeah, I think she pinned him. Yep, she did. The, the Edge kind of did like the. Uh, Picked her up and, and slammed her on top of yeah. him. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I was disappointed. I liked Mero. Oh, I mean, Meng. I, yeah, Meng's gone finally. Haku, Meng, whatever you want to refer to him as. And the, the herd is thin in here. We got uh, Hogan and Orndorff yep. renewing an old rivalry. I always liked their matches. Me too. They had some really good matches. I feel bad that my lasting. Uh, image with uh, Paul Overt and a lot of people too is when uh, he's a Paul driver. He's the only person that paralyzed himself or not paralyzed, but oh, uh, but yeah. injured himself 
he apologized somebody. And you should be laughing, but it's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. And I get it. He gave someone a pile driver. And then he got hurt. And he got yeah. hurt. Yeah. And, that was a that was a, a, a WCW pay per view. When they brought him back and he was like the, he was, because he was like a trainer at the power plant. So they had him like teaming up with the, the filthy animals. What? Yeah, like, yeah. It's with the only, uh, yeah. Against uh, the, the, the natural born thrillers. They were trying to do like the old guy against like all the young guys and shit like that. And it just, yeah. So what exactly happened? So he pod drive the guy. And like it's and like how did like I don't know how he got hurt to be honest with you I, I remember, he banged like, he his head yeah I don't know if like he like and he broke his neck he he had already had some neck issues I don't know how far along his his neck was broken by that point but um, he uh, he he had had some his health was he he, I, he probably overexerted himself and that's how he got hurt doing it because he also if you look closely um, you can't see it in this shot here but. Orndorff had a lot of nerve damage on one side of his body, and one of his arms is smaller than the other. No way. Yeah. So I believe it's his right arm is smaller than the left. I like check in that terms out. of like Is it noticeable? Yeah, you could uh, right there, can you see it? You might be able to see it right there as he's selling for Hogan. See the left arm's got some definition. But it's the right that's a little thinner. And like the forearm and bicep area is, yeah, you could see it. You might be able to see it now. I think this is where he's going to get eliminated. He'll try and pile drive Hogan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could see it. Oh, yeah. So he had that, that, he had been dealing with that issue for years, even in the 80s. I don't know. I think it was just injuries that just kind of piled up and he had some nerve damage. But he still wrestled. Um so I think he might have overexerted himself in that spot you were talking about from where he pile drives someone and got hurt. But let's uh, let's let's see what the audio is at here. Track it. Down to the nitty gritty here. We got yep. Flair, Anderson, Guerrero, Sting, the Giant, Hogan, One Man Gang, Randy Savage, Lex Luger, all left in this World War Three Battle Royal. So I'm looking at all these guys, and I was for a half a second, I'm like, wow, I, th- I think all these guys are Hall of Famers, except that 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 uh, um, One Man Gang, of course, Luger. That uh, do you put those two guys in the Hall of Fame? Luger definitely. And even One Man Gang, because One Man Gang was a draw down south for uh, for, for, for Bill Watts. Um, yeah, you could put Luger and One Man Gang in the Hall of Fame. Giant's not in there. Big Show's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But he will be. I'm sure he will. I think it was you that brought this point up. When I was yeah. about to talk about Coco Beware for a second. Yep. I was like, why did they put Coco Beware in? It makes no sense. I think it was you, Dave, that got my head shake. He goes, dude, think about it. Now that they put in Coco Beware in, they can put anyone in. And that's, yeah. I'm like, that's a damn good point. Yeah. They that's, put the Bushwhackers in. I like the Sheep Herders, at least. Well, the, the, the Sheep Herders, yeah, but we're talking, they, they yeah. inducted them as the Bushwhackers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as much as I loved the Big Boss Man as a kid, like, 
did the big boss man have to go into the Hall of Fame? Did no. the Godfather have to go into the Hall no. of Fame? Like, I'm not discrediting their talents and what they contributed, but my goodness, like, it's basically a lifetime achievement award. Exactly, it's what it is. You know, what credentials put you in the Hall of Fame? You know, back in the day when I was younger, and then these Hall of Fame talks would happen. It's like, all right, how many pay per views did you headline? How many titles did you win? How much money did you draw? Et cetera, et cetera. You know, yeah. Like you don't like. There's no credentials for it. It's like if you were popular, you go into the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? And I guess you can make an argument that the Godfather and the Big Boss Man were popular characters during their time, so therefore they should go into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, even Coco Beware. But yeah. at the same time, and, and even Coco Beware to a certain extent. Yeah. So then I'm thinking to myself, you know, if you're going to put these guys in the Hall of Fame, why don't they put referees in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, good point. You know? I mean, the referees seem to be like, they always try to like minimize and, 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 and marginalize referees. And they're, oh! Flares That's out, oh, and there goes Double A Arn Anderson, <laughs> and Flair's about lost it. Look at him. now he's <laughs> he's <laughs> he's he's hot about it. He's hot about it. Yeah, they did not book um, mid mid nineties. Flair was not booked well in WCW. No, no, he he was all over. They they, they had, you know all over the place. I will say, though, I did not have a problem with the way they booked him when he wrestled the NWO. Because people will crap all over it and be like, oh, well, they disrespected Flair, but... Yeah, but also their angle, yeah. But think about it. Like, Flair was representing the tradition that was WCW, and the NWO was the new, like, the the new bad boys in town. They were doing what the Horseman was doing. How many times did the Horseman fucking gobble up people? Oh, here we see Hogan, superhuman strength, eliminating three motherfuckers. Yeah. And now... Giant eliminates him. Oh, yeah, this is a controversial. I mean, I do remember this. Yeah. Uh, now you remember Yeah, because yeah. now that like, uh, Hogan, yeah. It's like, it's like Hogan got eliminated, Hogan. but he went under the ring. Yep, he went under the ring. Referee didn't see it, and they declared Savage the winner. Let's play the audio. Savage is going to be awarded the championship. One man left. 
I mean, I'm, I'm guessing this was their way of protecting him at the time. I don't know. Um, I don't know if this was something he suggested or if this was something that they booked and suggested for him. But this was their way of, you know, giving Savage a little and protecting Hogan at the same time. And, then, you know, ironically enough, you know, in true WCW fashion, they they never followed up with something with these two. It ended up being Savage defending the belt at the Starcade pay-per-view the next month against uh, Ric Flair. Hogan didn't even get a shot. Is that all right? Yeah. Then <laughs> that was the same year that they did the um, the international wrestlers from Japan against the U.S. wrestlers from oh, WCW. Oh, right, yeah. Like that best of seven series. And then they had a few titles. So Savage wrestled like three times on that show. And it'll blow off the, the pay-per-view in Korea, right? 
I I think that I think the Korean pay per view took place earlier this year, okay. 1995, with Flair and um, fucking I think it was Anoki. Yeah, or, yeah, it was Anoki or Fujinami. No, it was, I think it was Anoki. Yeah, it was Anoki. Yeah, he wrestled Anoki that year. That uh, that uh, I I forgot what the, I think it was. On, I think it's on the WWE Network. But there's that a doc- television Korea is not in the WWE Network. Oh, I thought they I thought they had that documentary. There's a doc. Uh, I saw a documentary about the setup, and it was very interesting. You, and Flair goes and Flair, <laughs> and Flair. I think Flair was originally supposed to win, uh, supposed to beat him. He goes, I'm not. I'm not gonna beat Anoki in that. No, you're crazy. Yeah, I, there's there's some crazy stories behind that. If you ever want to listen to how they got to that point and how they. As we see here, Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan signing off for the World War Three for our watch along. Um, thank you all so very much for yeah, uh, for, this for was fun. Yeah, this was yeah. this was fun. Even though it was a shit show, it was a little bit of fun. But yeah. I'm glad that you know we we, we got this done. Um, if, if if you ever want to know about what it took to get to that pay-per-view and all the surroundings behind it. You listen to uh, Eric Bischoff's 83 Weeks podcast. There's an old episode. I think it's about like a year or so old. Um, I could be mistaken. You just look for Collision in Korea. There are some unbelievable stories about the culture of North Korea that like will just blow your mind. Like, I mean, we all know here in the United States, you know, what our relationship is with that country and it's not good. But it dates back 25 years. And the things that Bischoff talks about, like in the... I'll give you one example. Um, Bischoff uh, was in a a taxi cab with um, Sonny Ono. Remember Sonny Ono, the Asian manager? Well, him and Sonny Ono are like business partners and real life friends or whatever. And so they were in a taxi cab and the cab driver um, told them... Under no uncertain terms, you are not going to come into our country and you are not going to, you know, rape and kill our women and kill our children because they looked at Americans as rapists, that they were coming to North Korea. And then Bischoff told another great story where he was at the hotel and um, they didn't have like a hotel gym for him to work out. So he went to go for a run like outside the hotel on the streets and he was chased down by like a bunch of different people from locally in North Korea that thought he was running away from doing something bad. Like, it was crazy. Like, I'm not going to spoil any more for you. Yeah. Go check it out. 83 weeks collision in Korea. Um, but this was definitely a collision of uh, garbage wrestling, yeah. Botchamania, here on Kicking <laughs> Out at 2 this week. Uh, thank you all for hitting the download button, press and play, and joining us. Next week, Blind Date Diaries returns as we cover WCW Battle Bowl 1993, the one and only time that the Battle Bowl concept was its own pay-per-view. It had been part of Starcade a few times, but in 93, it became its own pay-per-view. I watched that recently, and I'm going to recap that for you from start to finish next week in our Blind Date Diaries and then in two weeks, you're going to be joining me as we watch the we celebrate the 30th anniversary of what you consider one of the worst pay-per-views you've ever attended. Yep. It took place in our hometown of Hartford, Connecticut, the Survivor Series, 1990. Can't wait. That's going to be a lot of fun. And without further ado, I think it's about that time that we put this show down for the three count. And we'll see you all next week.